happening where are we at today (laughs) yeah i guess welcome well you do the good thing i don't know what i'm doing you you do the welcomes or i could do it hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of the post credits podcast joining me and harmonizing today is mr matt pepler hello oh shout out real quick Uh, i just want to mention uh i was on the uh sledgehammer horror youtube channel you're talking about uh our favorite horror tv shows so if you want to see me rambling on live you can see my face go over to the youtube channel and check it out they're pretty awesome we're gonna have them on soon uh it was a pleasure being on there all right so cool i look forward uh, to that good people also from detroit so how about that small world yeah indeed so sledgehammer horror give them a like and a follow on their channels if you like non-stop discussions of all sorts, all about horror. So it's great. What they do over there is awesome. And is there a significance to calling it Sledgehammer Horror or what? Uh, their that's... last name is Sledge. <laughs> it's a husband and wife. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah. All right. Uh, so man, today, we are. We have got a gonna, doozy of a have, thing of a movie. <laughs> we're, we're stepping right back into being savage about a movie. Uh, from uh, American Ninja, now to this one. We're going to be talking about fucking Sleepwalkers from 1992. The first Stephen King screenplay that was not one of his books. It was not an adaptation, and he wrote it for the screen. It was an original story by him yeah. for, for you, the movies. Yeah, for the movies. You haven't seen this until now, have you? Well, Is that I, right? th- that's true, but I kind of want to circle back to that, because I, I don't think that's entirely accurate. Um, because he contributed to Creepshow, which was an original thing. I mean, that was a collaboration. So, I mean, maybe his first of just him and not being a collaboration. Is that fair? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if Creepshow was written as a story before or what. Um, so I can't, I can't comment, uh, yes or no, unfortunately. Um, but this uh, that that tidbit was cited multiple times that this was his first screenplay that wasn't based on something else that he's done. Yeah. So no, I I've seen that, and I I think yeah. it, it might refer to his uh, to his solo work there. I I didn't look up much for this movie. This, this is kind of my favorite type of movie because like I, I don't know why my like my notes are less intelligent things and more just my reactions to like well that was dumb like wait why did that happen uh there's a lot of why did that happens in this movie and i feel like when i watched it last night again yeah creep show stephen king wrote the screenplay uh, okay the the first thing that popped out and th- this is not an ironic statement i'm not being punny right now is I, I thought, oh, great, a whole movie about cats jumping out at us. <laughs> right. This, there's, this, there's so many things about this movie. Oh, here's what I was going to say. There's so, Yes, the cat jumping. There's so many things about this movie that at the time, they seem kind of, I don't know, 
it's not very pleasurable to watch, but as you begin reciting the movie to people, that's when it becomes extremely comical <laughs> to me. Have you ever had that where it's like you are explaining something back to someone and then you just start laughing about it? Because at the time you're like, this is stupid. But then you explain it again and you're like, this is actually pretty funny, you know? And I felt like that throughout this movie. I don't uh, I don't think so. I, it's normally the other okay. way around where someone's telling me a story or I'm telling them a story and it's better than the movie that they wind up watching. I had, I've had this experience a couple times where uh, the, another recent one was Tiger King. I was explaining what everything about Tiger King. Wow. And then uh, just because like a friend asked me like, what, did, what is it about? Right. And we're gaming and whatever. And I started telling him and then I start laughing because it just seems so fucking preposterous that mm -hmm. all these things are happening. So that's what I feel like uh, is the same with uh, Sleepwalkers here. And it's just weird. Like this whole movie, the, to explain this movie, it's about two cat shape-shifting incestuous people. They're the last of their kind, you know? It's just so weird. They're the two sole survivors and uh, their mom and son in an re incestuous relationship. It's so fucking weird. They're they're like energy vampires, right? Where, because I was yeah. really trying to figure out what the hell they were, or su supposed to be, because the the mythology is really ill defined there. So right. he, the son, has to feed on virgins, yes. and and then <laughs> the mom has to feed on him. Yes. To survive. Okay. Yeah. It's a little, it is the same, but there's a little bit more detail to it. Yes. Yeah, so he feed like the sun feeds on virgins by like sucking their fucking soul out of their mouth. Yeah, and it looks like a reverse, purple laser. Reverse yeah. Godzilla breath. Yes. Bringing it all in. Okay. So but then, that's how he gets his sustenance. Yeah. But then the mom feeds off having sex with her son after he soul sucked a virgin mm -hmm. that's how she gets fed yeah <laughs> yeah it's amazing it's it's uh it's incredible there's so many stupid things about this how is this ever a race of people like just ever apparently they did that thing in this movie where they tied it to egyptian hieroglyphics real quick you see them as cat people and then there's also like Mont or photos of like poorly photoshopped human heads on cat bodies, like big cat bodies. And yeah, and there's like family photos where it's like, here's my grandma as a cat, as a human, and yeah, cat, cat, half human. Yeah, <laughs> and it looks like circus sideshow kind of carnival barker stuff where it's, yeah, it, it's Ripley, it's the kind of like Ripley's Believe It or Not stuff that you'd see where. Mm -hmm. You're just in in the freak show tent at some sideshow, and it's like, well, that's not real, like like the jackalope or something, you know, where it's right, <laughs> where right. it's a squirrel with like some antlers on it, and then they they tell the rubes that that's an actual thing, right. So going back a little bit, the reason why I know about this movie is this was like a huge childhood movie, believe it or not. This movie was like on HBO all the time. And my my sister and I, not knowing any better, we really liked this movie. Like, we watched this movie each time that it was on, and we thought it was awesome. 
And then recently I saw a, a, a review that was pretty hilarious. And I was like, is it that bad? You know, I was like, it sounds like a shit show. And so that's, that's why we're here. That's why we're going to talk that's about That's how this. you so circled I, back I, to it. Yeah. I, I remember this movie. I mean, from like 1992, 93, just seeing it all the time. Like the poster was cool. We thought like the morphing was so awesome. The poster was cool. So sh- yeah. The, yeah. It's that so was shitty. That was on the back of <laughs> every comic book for an entire summer. That poster. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I found out some, I and I realized, well, I found out some interesting information, and I, then I found out, like, I'm realizing that at a young age, I realized, like, the problematic nature of, like, incest, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I was, like, 10, Tender 11, lessons 12. for a young lad. <laughs> yeah, when this movie came out, and I'm now I'm watching these cat people and their mom and son, and now they're gonna have sex with each other because they gotta. Mom's gotta get fed. It's just so creepy. It's like they wanted to make a porn movie, and it just turned out that it was a a horror movie well, instead. <laughs> yeah, and that that's kind of what I'm I'm hearing there is the the perception of, uh, wow, that's creepy. And Stephen King is probably like, yeah, that's creepy, huh? Yeah, but not in the right way. Like not in a right. Not in a I can get entertainment out of, you know, like like a Friday the thirteenth, right. you know, like, well, oh, that's kind of creepy, you know. <laughs> right, right. Like, no, no, that's then, creepy in a socially irresponsible, <laughs> terrible way. Yeah. It is. It is. Uh variety called this movie um oh shoot. Uh, an idiotic horror pot boiler. I was like, well, what's a pot boiler? <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. And it's uh this is the definition a book, painting, or recording produced merely to make the writer or artist a liver uh, a living by catering to popular taste. This begs a new question though. Was incestuous shape-shifting cat romances a big deal in 1992? <laughs> Like, if that's the popular thing and you're trying to get a cash grab out of it, it seems to say you would think that this type of romance is happening quite often in 1992. I'm still kind of turning over the definition of, of pot boiler there because I, I just yeah. want to know, like, who came up with the term and where it came from. You know, the, the only reason I'm kind of stuck on that is because I was trying to explain to someone the other day that people use the word bombastic wrong. 95 percent of the time because it's kind of taken on this connotation like well you know some someone's really loud and being obnoxious so they're you know uh, to use it in a sentence right it's like he's don't have him around he's too bombastic for his own good that's not what bombastic means right it Mm -hmm. it means like someone who uses overly flowery language but people take the word bombast for its, you know, kind of violent implication, you think of like an explosion right, like the going literal. on. <laughs> right. So <laughs> therefore, bombastic yeah. must mean, oh, they're just being explosive and controversial, but that's not what the word means. <laughs> right. So I don't know. Anyway, back to pot boiler. Yeah. It just made me think an idiotic incestuous cat romances going on in 1992. Yeah, an idiotic horror pot boiler that's what variety called this movie in 1992 wow high praise something (laughs) 
You want to know something else interesting? Uh, the main actor, Brian Krause, who played Charles Brady, he never made it to the premiere, right? I I, I know this. That's he was in jail. Yeah, for unpaid uh, parking tickets. Unpaid parking tickets. So like, I had to figure out because it happened in Orange County. So I you know googled like what does it take to get your license revoked, mm-hmm. and then subsequent jail time for parking tickets in California. So you have to not pay your parking tickets at all, right? And if you let that happen over a long period of time, they'll they'll revoke your license, right? But then you get jail time if you continue to drive on your revoke license. Yeah, that's I'm just assuming that that's what happened to this person. Uh-huh. I can't say that that's an actual fact and I don't want to get sued for anything that we're doing on this podcast. So oh, that's allegedly, nice <laughs> that's a possibility that that could have happened to this person. But he did miss the premiere. He was in jail for unpaid parking tickets. Yeah. That I know. Why well, I, so. I don't, I think you're in the clear there because this is all public information. We're not just uh, p- pulling yeah. it out of our rears and inventing but things. But I could here. find if. If I, X went to Z and so, well, you know, yeah, because the the thing that I found was, do, do you know how long the jail stint was for? No, no, forty five days. Jesus, man. I I don't know if there were further incidents that led to that, like you know maybe rowdy behavior or something. Because the other thing I came across was that apparently he had to give one of the other inmates his lunch so they wouldn't spill the beans that he was in a movie that was in theaters right now. <laughs> so like, imagine I mean, that type of shakedown, <laughs> right? Was it once or was it the whole time that he was in jail? Like you give me that fucking brownie or I'm, I'm going to out you as one of these cat people. Right. You know, that's freaky. The the deals you'd have to make. Just, Give me that food or I'm going to tell. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. You got to purr the mouth. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that sucks for him. Yeah, that's fascinating. The other thing I wanted to look up is there were uh, 126 cats used in this movie throughout the course of it. And I wanted to know what PETA had to say. And surprisingly, no comment. <laughs> So, uh, but the Humane Society said that no animals were harmed during the making of this movie. They went on record to say that and actually had like a detailed article of like all the cat stunts that were done Mm -hmm. in this movie and how they were done. I was like, that's so interesting. Yeah. That to not just saying that no cats were harmed in this movie is not enough. They're like, and this stunt, this is how this was done. And yeah. this stunt, well, because there, there's a lot of cat neck breaking, a lot of cat throwing. There's, there's a lot of cat killing. There's some <laughs> hilarious traps. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some hilarious um, shot at, where someone's like wearing a, a piece of wardrobe with all these cats that are on there. And they're just kind of like shaking back and forth because it's making it look like the cats are attacking them. Yes, yes, Which there's is, a lot of that. Yeah, that's sort of a play on what Hitchcock did in The Birds. You've seen The Birds, right? Yeah. You know that yeah. that great scene where, like, I, I mean, there's a lot of great scenes in there, but uh, Tippi Hendry, and I forget her character's name, the birds are attacking her, and they're just, like, on her, 
Like they're, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, those are, you know, cause they couldn't really fake that at the time. You know how they did that? Uh, how? The, I don't know if I want to know. The Humane Society would not have approved of this, let alone PETA. Yeah. Nobody would have been cool with this. Hitchcock should be ashamed for allowing this to happen. They basically tied a, a, a piece of monofilament to the bird's leg, and then those were sewn like onto the jacket. So it's like, okay, time for action. They put this coat on her. The birds can't get away. So they're just like flapping their wings, trying to get off this fishing string. And she's, you know, flaring, flaring around. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's terrible for her, let alone the animals. So yeah, that's, but in sleepwalkers, they were obviously like phony stuffed animals. It's like, just shake it around. Make, makes it look like you're fighting. a Right. Right. Uh, there were parts that looked particularly bad, but there is something awful that they did kind of awful. They, to get the cats to like walk to certain areas they just didn't feed them breakfast and then put lunch where they needed them to go. So, yeah. in other words, they're starving the cats, cats to get them over to another place because they smell food. That's awesome. Not really at all. Yeah. Not really at all. Just throwing that out there. Jesus. Yeah, you, you can only hope that they, you know, didn't starve it to the point their little tummies were growling. Right. It's just like, hey, where's, where's breakfast? Where's breakfast? Oh, it's over there. Okay. But, you know, because a certain level of that you kind of have to do because you, it's not like you can direct the animals, really. Right. So you no, have you to do little tricks and things like that. And playing with the food isn't really that shocking. You can only right. hope that it wasn't done at some, like, abusive level. Right. But let's let's unpack this movie. Yes. Let's, We're let's kind, get back to that. We kind of gave that. you the background a little bit of this movie. But, yeah, let's get into what the fuck happens. It's crazy. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you realize this. This movie starts in Bodega Bay, which is the same place as the birds. Hey, I d- so. I that totally flew over my head. No pun so. intended. So, hey, I was <laughs> made a good tangent for once instead of totally <laughs> right. bearing off. How right. about that? Uh, so oh, and Mark Hamill's in this movie as well. Which I was like, is that Mark Hamill? It is. He went uncredited though. Uh, yeah, but that's where the movie starts off. It's such a bizarre scene. This movie, right out of the gate, it's like these cops are just like this. This crime scene is horrible, you know. And then you look over, like the camera pans, and it is actually horrible. It's just mm-hmm. like cats hanging from ropes all over this house, and they're like dismembered cats. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> this is this is. I, I'm not a cat person, but I feel like this is an awful way to start a movie. You know, well, I mean, that's, you know, the idea is to show you something crazy, like how how could this possibly happen and then circle back to, OK, this is how this happens. Yes. But the thing the thing that struck me is hilarious about that scene is the the line like, you know, the, it it's the the younger cop who's the boss and the older guy's like, sir, what happened here? It's like, <laughs> Uh, right. I just thought that was kind of like flipped around. It's like, wait, wait a minute. Like, how is he the, like, <laughs> is he just some young hotshot that took in the department and took your job over? Mm-hmm. Uh, so in this scene, a really funny thing happened. So they're kind of like going through the house now, like inside the house where there's all those dead cats surrounding it. And they're like trying to figure out like what the hell's going on. And so they open a door and then like, a body falls out and it's like a victim 
like this little, this younger person who had braces was like mummified and they're like what's going on but that mummified remains screams as it falls out of the closet it's dead mm-hmm. but there is a scream in there which just immediately puts a smile to my face yeah you know like that's so that's pretty awful you know, well, you know, I I didn't even pick up on the fact that it, it was uh, supposed to be a, a younger person. I, I think they say something about the braces, don't they? Yeah, and because yeah. that's your one tell that otherwise right. it, it's not this five thousand year old beef jerky of a mummy that just fell out of the closet, right. you know. But I don't know. I mean, older people can have braces too, and periodically, if you've had braces, you have to have them again. <laughs> Yes. So they can readjust it. So that really could have been anyone, but uh, I I digress there. But but that was the thing where shortly after that, a cat jumps out at him. And I was like, oh, great. Like this whole movie is going to be about cats jumping out at people. Because that's such a horror movie cliche is that the fucking cat jumps out at someone. Oh, it's not the killer. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank God. And it's like just a cat, you know. Yeah. Are are (laughs) they being meta or do they think this is clever? Right. Maybe both. I mean, it's yeah. Stephen King. I mean, but I also feel like uh, he probably did not spend too much time writing this and just kind of had something he needed to deliver because it's it's not only one of his weaker stories. The script just isn't good. The dialogue's not good. No. What do you mean? Are you telling me that yelling cop kebab is not a good line to have in a script? Or, is that what you're telling me, Brian? Or the attack scene in the cemetery, <laughs> which I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about that. But like the attack scene in the cemetery, Stephen King has a way of writing these really juvenile lines into something that's that's like a lot more serious. And like, obviously, it's something that he likes, but I, I think it's just at a point where he kind of can't help himself and he likes the, that kind of humor, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you see it a lot. And just to go back to Creepshow, the whole Jordy Viral sequence, right? Like meteor ship. Yeah. You know, like that's the kind of thing where it's like an otherwise serious story. This perfectly goofy sideways thing that like, a, a I don't know, adolescent would have come up with. Like they think that's funny. But that's right. that whole attack scene in the park. And I don't know if he just like spent too much time working on that. But that's full of those kind of quippy one-liners mm-hmm. over and over and over and over. <laughs> and then the rest of it, it just blew through and just, well, right. it's a scene. It's fine. Who cares? Moving on. It is really strange that that whole, well, even like leading up to that, I kind of want to go back to like the cop, Clovis the cat, like all these things, like, there's there's so many just there's just weird characters throughout this whole thing. You have Mr. Fallows, the creepy creepy teacher. So yeah. this mom and the son, Otho from now, Beetlejuice. Yep, they they're they're in this new town because they have to travel across country to find new virgins to uh, soul suck, you know, and feed on that. They couldn't do that in California, so they what travel to Ohio, you know. Mm-hmm. And they come across, like, the first class that uh, this kid is in, just the weird-ass fucking teacher, you know? Like, he's got an attitude problem. He 
uh, slapped a, a, a kid on the knuckles with a ruler because he made a semi obscene drawing. I don't mm-hmm. know. It just seemed over the top. But this teacher then like starts following him after school, pulls him over on the side of the road. And it seems like he really wants to sexual assault this kid. You know, like, oh, it I, seems I, I like that's that. where it's going. Well, because there's this one scene where like he's trying to get out of the car to like confront him and the teacher keeps pushing him down and then his hand is not on his chest, but it's like going lower. It's like a really quick scene. And it's like, well, where is his hand going? Like you're leaning down and your hands going, it seems like it's going towards his waist, you know? And it's just like, no, sir, you're not going to touch me anywhere. I'm just going to pull your hand off. You know, like that's crazy. To well, me. he kept that, you know, the reason I never got that impression was because he kept saying about how you're not who you say you are. I know you're not because your transcripts, they were good, but they're, they're fake and they're fake because of this. And well, okay, I, th- I then he, like then he says yeah. about, you know, is this blackmail? And he's just like, no. And, and you know, he tries to like, open the door and he shuts the door like his hand in it kind of a thing. So I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I just wasn't paying close enough attention, but I, I didn't get that pedophile vibe in there. I I didn't think he was trying to blackmail him. Maybe that's what Stephen King was trying to do. He's also wrote some pretty disgusting stuff along those lines. He has. Yeah. Anyone who's read it knows, knows what that is. Yeah. Which there was a scene that was like, uh, very, wisely left out of the movie where the um all the kids have sex with the one girl it is like a thing to boost the yeah. morale that yeah that was terrible um anyway he breaks the guy's hand yeah breaks the guy's hand and says uh you should keep your hands off me here's yours you know yeah. pretty funny see but- i i thought it, he just it was making a point to be uh you know, kind of put him in his place because he had embarrassed him in class. You yeah, know? That, I guess like, that makes like he makes undercut his sense. authority and everyone was laughing at him. And it's like, oh, you're the new kid. OK, l- let me show you how this is going to go. You're going to respect me kind of a thing. That That's that's how I felt it was going to go. But um, people can make up their own minds and, <laughs> yes, and a pretty stupid murder scene that you don't even really get to see happens. No. I but what I do love and appreciate is just like the windshield filling up with blood because the hand gets ripped off. You know, they oh, do yeah. it off screen, but it's like you see this giant blood splash. You know, which is it's I don't know when stuff like that happens. There's two ways that it can kind of work, where it's just like super gory or kind of funny. You know, because mm-hmm. it's just like if the blood shot up that direction and covered the windshield, like everyone's face in the vicinity of that blood explosion <laughs> would be covered with blood. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of funny. Yeah. There's probably more blood than there is in the human body that <laughs> flew up on that windshield right. there. But uh, yeah, the, the reason I say it's stupid is because he, he, you know, he's running away he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. Leave me alone. And then he's chasing him through the woods and there's some like weird camera ramping. Like it's supposed to be werewolf vision or something, but it's just regular footage. <laughs> So it's like, did you not shoot enough? Fr- I don't know. It's it was obviously a stylistic choice, but to me, it looked like we're gonna undercrank this so it makes the kid look faster than he is. But they kind of did did it wrong. Mm-hmm. So it just looks choppy, and I don't know. I, I think right. if, if you wanted to salvage that, 
you could have put like some, uh, you know, black and white fisheye process over it. That you would have gotten more of the, oh, there it's monster vision. Instead, right. no, we're just cutting to the same footage, but it looks weird <laughs> time wise. Right. <laughs> and then you don't get to see the murder. It just, yeah, it's just his face like shaking over a chest. Yeah, you know, you see the back of the head, and that's it. You don't really get. Yeah, there's nothing. Screaming. At know. that point, I started to think: Was this made for TV? It's definitely got that vibe, doesn't it? it? It's got a real cheap look to it, where everything's overlit. the The lighting isn't overly stylistic, like a feature film would be. And but it's like, well, why would I have seen this on the back of comic books for a whole summer? They don't do that for made for TV movies. <laughs> and that's how I I found out the little bit I you know we. Uh, cross-pollinated with in the beginning there about the jail time and whatnot is I, I went to the internet as one does in the year 2022 like they mm-hmm. 15 million dollars for this and it, it looks cheap yeah and, 15 million and this director has some good credits behind him like he was a co-writer of hocus pocus and mm-hmm. several other projects that were actually you know widely regarded as is good i so he's got some good credits but i just think maybe he's not a great film director yeah it could be one of these i feel like this is also kind of a meta movie right and i think that was kind of their intention it was just the good old boys of horror you know trying to make a a movie you know so because there's like they did the 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 thing of like having references to other horror things right Mm -hmm. where it'd be like carloff lane or you know, yeah. go down to the Cushing grocery store, you know, yeah, whatever. But they actually had quite a few cameos of horror directors in this movie. Yeah. Instead of having like a name of something, it was like they had John Landis, John Landis, Clive Barker, uh, Joe Dante, Toby uh, Hooper. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, hey, we're going to have the people in the movie as cameos and not just, and Stephen King was in there too, mm-hmm. you know, who interacted with Clive Barker. Like, wink, wink. Hey, we're all doing this together. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know? It, it's hard yeah. to say who pulled them into their, their orbit, whether it was Stephen King or... Uh, what, what's the director's name on this? Mick what? Garris. Mick Garris. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I know I know they became buddies, and Stephen King insisted that he was going to be the, the director for this. Mm-hmm. because he did like psycho four <laughs> well that and critters too but then he also did like a few episodes to amazing stories do you remember that show yeah I, yeah i, I love did. that yeah. show there's some really awesome episodes in there and uh so he kind of like grew that notoriety yeah. around that time like these were all kind of together around like within a couple years of each other so yeah and i i think just to re refine my comment earlier about him not being a good film director that's probably not fair i i think he's probably a, a you know used to his television background and that's why i mm-hmm. felt like it had a te- like made for tv look to it yeah i think you're right on the money with that um what do you think sorry i'm saying um a lot i don't know why today it's like the uh it's like a saying piece of shit or whatever that thing you're that I kept saying. Transitioning yeah, yeah, into your inner gold bloom. I've, 
here I, I've latched on to a new word this episode. I, I, uh, and it's the worst uh, word. Uh, now it I'm is in a the car. Worst word. Uh, yeah. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> that's that's chaos theory for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you take a uh, a girl on a date, this is what I want to ask you, Brian. You're taking a girl out on your first date. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. you're like I, I want to impress this person. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to make an impression, so she'll go out with me again. Mm-hmm. Would you take her to a fucking gravesite to do some charcoal rubbings on tracing paper, you know, of gravestones? That was her idea. Okay, well, then she's the psycho. <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. This guy's not the psycho. Yeah. He's just caught in a bad situation. She's the psycho. She Well, she likes to go to cemeteries because Tanya is her uh, mad, mad chicken man. I don't think I'm saying her name right, but I saw that too, and I'm Twin, like, I'm not Twin Peaks. This. Yes. That, that's where I recognized her from. <laughs> yep. Is Shelley Johnson, mm-hmm. and um, she's a photographer, and she likes to take photos, and this is a good spot to take photos. That makes sense. I, I know people that like to go to cemeteries and take photos of stuff too. I, I've heard worse. I've heard weirder mm-hmm. things. Right. Um, so that was fine. The etchings I thought was an interesting wrinkle. Because yeah. like, oh, I do etchings too. And then the mom kind of quizzes him on it because that's her hobby. But maybe they're just trying to establish that he's older than we know because that's kind of an old timey hobby. You know, I never made that connection. And it makes more sense now because I'm just taking it as at face value. Like, mm-hmm. why would you, why did that even cross anyone's mind? as something that you could do in your spare time to to answer your original question if i want to impress the girl on the first date i guess that depends on how goth she is (laughs) if we're going to the cemetery or not i don't know i just Uh. feel like any any person regardless of like how they identify i don't know i don't know how how else to say that yeah but I think even a goth girl would be like, you want to do what? Where are you taking Yeah, let's me? let's build it's up to just... it. Let's crash a funeral home first or yeah. may, maybe yeah. A, a casket showroom and we'll build up to the cemetery. <laughs> yeah, I got to pick up my friend. He's at a funeral right now. Mm. I, I don't know. Like, Yeah, but you would say that unironically weird. too. Like, right. <laughs> my, my friend is at a funeral right now. Yeah. Oh, man. We're terrible. So, yeah. So what do you think about the uh the fucking car chase with uh the the cop, the police officer and fucking Clovis? All right. And I and should I I I I just want to get out of the way that I, the whole time I was mystified <laughs> that a person was driving around with a cat in a car as their companion yes. because yeah. I just you know, most cats, if, if cats were that well behaved, shit, I'd, I'd own a cat. I'd be driving around in a car with them. Like, that'd be cool, but they're not. They take a swipe at your eye just because they, what, you don't appreciate them enough? I don't know. You know, you're, hey, you're petting me. Bite you. Hey, you're not petting me. Bite you. What, what am I supposed to fucking do here? Right. Yeah. So that was mystifying. Uh, I thought the car chase was actually filmed pretty well, but. The thing that had me cracking up, aside from the the cop and the, and the cat relationship, was it looks like he's lost him at the end of the chase, and he's uh-huh. he's like, I can't see him down that five thousand foot road. Shit, 
uh, you know, it goes as far as the, the eye can see, and we've obviously lost him. There is a driveway right next to you <laughs> that obviously that's where he went. Mm-hmm. And if he'd have done what any actual highway patrolman would have done, where it's like, oh, he clearly didn't turn up there because he can't be five miles down the road. He must right. have turned down this road. If that dumbass character turned invisible and sat right fucking there, that cop would have turned down that road. Boom, T-boned him, smashed him up. Yeah, problem solved. Yeah. Solved, right? Clovis would have gone flying because he wouldn't have been wearing a seatbelt. Clovis probably would have been the only cat that, to die wouldn't, in this movie. Wouldn't have know? been able to save Tanya later on. Right, because Clovis is the hero of the yep. story. And and we would have just had a whole different movie if he'd have just yep. done the the one thing that made sense in that moment. That that is my thoughts on the car chase. What are yours? Uh, I really enjoyed the cops' choice of sing along songs. <laughs> there goes Johnny with his pecker in his hand. He's a one ball man and he's off to the rodeo. That's a Stephen King thing. <laughs> yeah. Very alliterative, sing songy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there that's, there's one parts in, in the there, stand where where yeah. you get to the opening of a chapter and it's hey ho let's go and it's Blitzkrieg Bop all of a sudden, right? Yeah, just it's odd. That's so it's just so weird. Yeah, turns invisible too. Like I just want to know like where <laughs> they get these invisible powers. Mm-hmm. Like the guy drives his fucking T bird just off the side of the road. I feel like I feel like the officer just would have naturally run into the car. Not even if it was into the driveway, just like he would have hit it just by pulling over. Yeah. That's beside the point. But it's just like, I, I like these convenient powers that they have. Like, like the super need to get strength away. and the invincibility. Yeah. and <laughs> We need to get away from the cops. I know, I can turn invisible. Like, how does, ex- explain yourself. You know, that's that's the writer. Just like, how do I write my way out of this situation? Yeah. Invisible car. Mm hmm. But even later, I I will say that effect looked slightly better than uh, the invisible car and die another day. (laughs) Kind of. But I think like the invisible car and die another day was a little harder because it was moving. You know? well, not that it was harder to do it just for the time the the way that they did it was probably pretty impressive yeah whereas yeah. it's just like look kind of cheap and to and die another day but uh i digress but with the car situation though even in the future and they can change the like color of the car power. too that's another and the convenient model. thing it's a completely different model still a pontiac from... though yeah but it's like God. The headlights aren't even in the same spot, you know? Yeah. God bless we the product placement red... there. Like, Yeah. Here's our red muscle car, but now I need it to be a blue muscle car, you know? Different models, too. And it's just like, how and why? Why is this possible? And on top of that, let's even go further. If you can make your car invisible, why not just do all your kidnapping? With the invisible car, if no one's gonna, like you see just it. wait for someone on the side of the road and yeah. you just like jump out of no- literally me. of nowhere and throw them into an invisible trunk and then drive off. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me, are you a virgin? Why? Yes, yes, Who I said am. That? Okay. <laughs> I need to suck your soul out of your mouth. Uh, please jump into my 
invisible car? <laughs> it's not a bad question, Bert. <laughs> Sucking the soul out of someone's mouth. And they have to be a virgin. And they have to be a virgin. Why? There, there were two think... things that, that you could make a drinking game out of in this movie. The first of which is the number of times Mad Shen, again, I apologize for butchering her name. I'm just going to say the character's name, Tanya, going forward. The number of times that she bites her lip and like, oh, he's flirting with me. Mm, you know, I'm chaste and innocent. Mm, bites her lip. Yeah. Very go-to expression. The second thing is yeah. how many times he says Tanya during the attack scene. It's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot of Tanya's <laughs> flying out of his mouth. What are you doing this, Tanya? How about this, Tanya? Didn't see this coming, did you, Tanya? Are you terrorized yet, Tanya? Right. What say you, Tanya? Yeah, as he's Excuse just... Excuse me while I stab this cop in the ear, Tanya. Quipping at 90 miles an hour. Yeah, but that that, that is where the funniest line is of this movie. Not funniest, like, I got a laugh out of it, but it's so absurd. So the cop, Tanya now, after being attacked by cat person... Cat person of interest. That's we're gonna yeah, put that in the police report. <laughs> they get up to the car and he's like, What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You know, and she's like, Someone tried to kill me, blah blah blah. He's like, I don't know. I kind of hate this response where it's like, Someone tries to kill you, or someone tried to kill me, and the officer has the expression on his face, like, Oh, please explain more, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, help me, someone tried to kill me. What are you talking about? Where, why, when someone says that, just believe them. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's stop doing this, like, question and answer when someone says that. And then fucking get stabs through the ear canal. Oh, just yeah. Right in the fucking ear. And he's still alive, too. Yeah. And he touches it. Like, I just, like, there's two things that I hate seeing. And I've only seen ear damage one time, and it's this goddamn movie. I hate eyeball trauma as okay. well. That's the worst. Uh, but seeing this was also pretty bad. And then, uh, yeah, he's, so he's on the ground, he's touching it, and then just gets killed, you know, immediately. How would you live after after that, though? Getting a pencil it must not have stabbed gone down your root canal. All, all the way into his brain. Ear canal. Yeah, this must not have got quite, quite to the brain there. My God. Yeah, and you know the the uh, the thing that the other stabbing Top in the movie bomb. that jumped out on me was uh, when the guy gets stabbed with the corn, like like that kills him, and that's not even sharp, <laughs> you know. But getting stabbed in the ear canal, like, well, this scene hasn't gone on quite long enough, so <laughs> we'll just have him get back up. Yeah, so to set up the scene, there's a cop in the house, and there's a corn an eaten corn cob on the table, so it's just like. The cob itself mm -hmm. fucking gets murdered because he gets stabbed in the back with a corn cob. A corn cob. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I I feel like this movie just goes fully camp after the attack or during the attack scene and just never circles back to trying to be serious. Because it, yeah, it, it, it was. Go ahead. No, it, no, I mean, it doesn't. Like after the attack, it's just like, Hey, we're uh, doing two thousand miles an hour with just really absurd things that we haven't even paid attention to yet, you know, or at all. Mm -hmm. Like because there's, 
in the same scene that we're talking about, there's another cop that has a shotgun and he fires it twice. And then like he sees the mom and her face is changing and he goes, oh shit. And then throws the shotgun away. Like he just throws his like, yeah, the first line of defense, right? Got a shotgun. Was that Ron Perlman or? No, the, okay. the, the, the guy the other above guy. Ron Perlman. Yeah. But even Ron Perlman's death was like, fucking weird gets his fucking fingers bitten off he starts screaming and then the mom takes his elbow and bashes him in the forehead with it now just yeah. how does that happen just picture that well that your elbow cool. smashing yeah. your face well because yeah because they broke it backwards and hit him yeah. with it that yeah. that at least looked cool i thought um yeah kind of like it looked better than uh texas chainsaw massacre well that's because it wasn't cg Yes. Yeah, it's just absurd. And then, like, how... It's been a minute since I've fired any weapon, okay? I, you know, I've fired pistols and rifles and everything. Mm -hmm. But I would say that this cop who who had the death by corn cop stabbing is the worst shot in any movie. He's standing, like, 10 feet away from her with a revolver. And it's like he is hitting everything but her yeah and it's like how, where are these bullets going just point it straight from that distance you're gonna hit them it might not be exactly where you want it but I, th- I think if this was a book it would have been explained away as like one of their other convenient magical powers that she has force along fields. with the well just something that deflects the bullets because I, I think that's oh. something they used to do with like like vampire stories where it's like someone would fire at him a bunch of times and they, they went through the character or they just missed somehow. Yeah. Cause there's some force around them and it's part of their aura or I don't know, some science fiction, horror bullshit. But here it just looks like he's went to stormtrooper training and <laughs> yeah, firing yeah. at everything. <laughs> Let me just fuck yeah. up this room and then, Oh damn it. I'm out of bullets. So Tanya's parents, did you recognize them at all? Did no. you recognize Tanya's parents? They are the same exact parents from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. Both of them, the mom and the dad, play the mom and the dad in Ferris Bueller's Day Off of Ferris Bueller. I thought that was cool because I recognized the father and then I was like, and then I found out that somewhere else. I wouldn't have known. So, yeah, it's been a long time since it. Great movie, though. I just haven't watched it in a while. Yeah. I, I watched it like a year ago, I think. Yeah, that was the last time I watched it. I still like it. Did you? Um, what What did you think of Stephen King's cameo? I think it was the only cameo that wasn't super distracting. Uh huh. You know, uh, and he's just kind of playing a weirdo, anyways. I I felt like it wasn't really a cameo. It's just he walked on set that day and they filmed him. You know. <laughs> so. Yeah, he's uh he's pretty good in those kind of roles when they give him just something goofy to do and let him let him do his thing i i think that's why like the humor of jordy verrill works more than not because stephen king obviously has a good sense of humor and what mm-hmm. i like about that is, see i i think the the director cameos are only distracting because we know who they are but if you didn't know who they are they wouldn't be distracting whereas he has kind of a Shyamalan level cameo where it's I'm I'm part of the scene driving this forward, which is hypocritical of me because I do that too. <laughs> but 
what I liked about this was how these kids just came in here and messed, rocked up my cemetery. Hey, I'm sorry, sir. I'm not the right person to talk to. You got to talk to that guy. And then he just like walks over there and launches into the same rant. Like it's spontaneous, <laughs> but it's not like he's, he's rehearsed this and it, like it happens three times. And I, I, I thought that was actually really clever and really funny. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I feel like the distracting ones were like, hey, here's John Landis eating a sandwich because reasons. <laughs> like, I don't know why he was there in the police department, you know? Well, eating a sandwich is like some kind of running joke. You see that in a lot of horror movies where the coroner's always eating a sandwich for some reason. Yeah. I wonder uh, where that Especially started. in 80s and 90s movies. <laughs> yeah, it They're is true. Having I lunch. can actually like, I can bring up moments in my head of horror movies where the coroner is eating a sandwich you know oh that's weird friday the 13th part four night of the creeps <laughs> sleepwalkers right. the list goes on yeah also i want to talk about this powerful revolver man the mom gets the i think it's ron perlman's revolver after she kills him right so mm -hmm. now she has a weapon it i don't think i've seen a more powerful gun since uh long kiss goodnight with the shotgun rocket launcher <laughs> but this is like a revolver grenade launcher because she fires two shots one for each car and they both blow up on impact mm -hmm. <laughs> just here's a bullet for you and an explosion here's a bullet for you and another explosion yeah you know i <laughs> I don't think they even showed like, oh, it hit the gas tank. It's just like, no, it hits the car. <laughs> Mushroom clouds. You can see it all the way back in Bodega Bay. These cars are more flammable and explosive than the American Ninja cars, you know? No, we, somewhere Ralph Nader was writing a book on the wrong car, you know, unsafe at any Fuck speed. these seatbelts. We got to make these cars not explode. Yeah, you know? from the, like, like a feather just lands on it and... <laughs> it ignites man oh we can't drive anywhere today it's raining out we don't want to get exploded <laughs> you know it's just asking for trouble so after this they make it to the house right but the mom has to drive her car through yeah i through I, the house i i think we totally skipped over our in our pathetic recap here that the son was mortally wounded during the attack by clovis hero cat yeah, here and then really she did a number. goes on a rampage to try to get Tanya because that reverse Godzilla atomic breath can heal him to the point that they can have sex and that she can live. Right, because right. she's getting moody. The mom's getting moody because she hasn't ate anything yet because she hasn't had sex with her son. Yeah, I'm just. I just want to make that clear to everyone. I just wanted to say it out loud in case it wasn't weird enough. Let's just make sure we have all of that straight. Are we all on the same page? <laughs> yeah. Where do you get your food, Mom? I have sex with you. Jesus fucking Christ. Wow. Someone wrote that down, and that person's name is Stephen King. Wait, how does this mom eat? Yeah, she has sex with her son. Because, of course. Makes sense to me. <laughs> My God. So, yes, her rampage is quite 
I feel like if this level of power is commanded by them, that they they mm-hmm. could pretty much just go somewhere and corral the town into and you know just the local jail and just have their way and survive until they've drained the whole town but and then move on yeah Yeah. but no we have to come in i don't know they just went about it in the dumbest way possible it's it's kind of not surprising that this race did not survive they're kind of dumb aren't they a little yeah (laughs) a little little, little bit that's what you're getting at a little bit they're kind of dumb and maybe they just survived in spite of themselves, you know, mm-hmm. because yes, or I don't know why let's even let's go further. Let's go it to like blade level. Right. So say there's a bunch of these fucking cat people around. Mm-hmm. If the whole thing is that the cat mom needs to have her son kill virgins. Right. Mm-hmm. Why not just make a virgin farm? <laughs> right. Where it's like, hey, we have our we have our cattle, if you will, and then we're gonna grow these people to a certain age. We know they're virgins because we've kept them in cages their entire life. Uh, and then we'll just kill them, you know, for our food source. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like the vampires in the blade movies had like the blood banks and shit, where it's just like, here's our humans like in fucking giant bags and we're just going to trade the blood out of them all the time right i don't know i i kind of really want to see that movie instead where there's like a blade-esque character hunting hunting sleepwalk hunting sleepwalkers <laughs> why why are they called sleepwalkers like did did he just have a cool title or is that some native no American it's actually thing? like a, a real a real thing where it actually refers to sleepwalkers are these shape-shifting shape-shifting cat-like people they can shift between human and cat form but they have they didn't say this but they have a high allergic reaction to cat scratches so that's actually the definition okay it's like so they did they did make a movie out of just the definition because we're afraid of cats all the cat people do not like the small cats Mm -hmm. and the small cats are like fuck you we're we're coming they you know? they made it their business too. Where like I feel like if this race had been extinct at the level that it's supposedly extinct at, that the cats probably would have forgotten that that's their natural thing. Because like they just sit around eating bugs all day and you know coughing up hairballs. And uh-huh. if if these Egyptian sleepwalker cat people just suddenly showed up, I feel like the cat would just be like, like t- just this? kind of turn its head sideways, like yeah pet me <laughs> or i'll <Right>. bite you <laughs> right yeah that's a really good point and then also going back to how they're kind of a dumb race if their population was like a lot stronger we'll say like since they reference egyptian times we'll say that they're the height of their population was like when egypt egypt was its most powerful Right. Say there's like a couple thousand of these shapeshifters. Do you think they would have just been like, hey, I declare war on all cats in this region. Like we're going to have like we're going to exterminate all cats. Well, it's it's Egypt. I mean, it would have been biblical. Like you you paint you paint the red mark on the door of the people that have cats. And then you (laughs) you come in like the plague that they are. And you just you don't have there's your goddamn cat problem solved. We don't have it. 
and they take over right. Egypt. <laughs> but they didn't do that because this is all garbage and bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Going back to it, they're kind of a dumb, a dumb civilization or group of people, and they probably don't deserve to live. I, I, I think that you could have gone along with a lot of this if it had been better constructed. And I don't I know this yes. has become kind of a cult movie, but I don't know if it's people like legitimately like it or if they like it because it's a guilty pleasure, because I, I could see an argument being made for that because I. Oh, by the way, did you realize that this is two movies back to back that had the board queen in it because she was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the and that's and right. The mom this in this one. one. Yep. And I'll, I'll go even further and tie it back to our uh, Foo Fighters episode. So the guy who did the special effects for Studio 666 also was a designer uh, working on, on Sleepwalkers here. One of his myriad credits. So wow, go back and listen to our Studio 666 episode. We had a really cool guest on there, Samantha Nork. She was wonderful. That was a great episode. The Texas Chainsaw one was a fun discussion. Well... I just thought it was interesting because every once in a while we have this like crossover where it's like the Richard Donner loves Christmas <laughs> podcast. Right. <laughs> right. And now we have this like Borg Queen <laughs> gore fest. Yeah. Not intentional. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I I remember I was like, oh, that's the Borg Queen. But I I it went over my head about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. She is. She was the perfect kind of person to have in this movie. I I don't know if she just knows that, like if the movies are bad because like whatever she's in, she just commits to it, full throttle, mm -hmm. one hundred twenty like Silent Hill, this yeah. movie Texas Chainsaw, obviously Star yeah. Trek First Contact. Although I feel like she was a lot more um, reserved in that one, mm -hmm. but still the perfect choice for that. God, that's a yeah, great movie. Yeah, I agree. It is. Well, I mean, we could do First Contact next week if we want, you know. Yeah, we'll get to it sometime. <laughs> so the final, do we want to talk, the finale of this movie. Do we want mm -hmm. to talk about that? The fire effects were <laughs> exceptional. Do you, I mean, is your, you say that as you're laughing? Yeah. yeah. They're bad. They're bad. They're not <laughs> good. They're horrible, you know. Uh, but... So Borg Queen, she takes uh what's her name again? Tanya. Tanya back to her house, the Borg Queen's mouth, and uh cat pre cat person supreme. Uh <laughs> they <laughs> they um there's so many cats in the front yard at this point that the mom can't risk walking out onto the lawn with mm -hmm. all those cats. And then uh Shit, I'd be to, afraid to go out there. <laughs> it would be a sight to see, and I think it would make anyone stop in their tracks for sure. So the answer is then to drive your car through your house so you can get in, making yeah. a giant hole where all the other for cats all the cats can come, can come in. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Just a, all right. But then the interesting thing starts happening. So you have all the scene of like the mom trying to get the get her son to drink the soul of her, and there's cat eye gouging, cat person eye gouging, not the eyeballs of said cats. Those eyeballs are staying intact. 
So that was I a really was... bad design when they morphed into full on cat people. Horrible. They did. I. They look like something, but they're. It's not cats. What do they look like? It, it's, it's kind like, of like this well, alien thing. Yeah, it's like the. Okay, we sculpted a cat person, and then someone in the shot was being an asshole and just kind of melted the sculpture a little bit. Right. Because <laughs> it was really wrinkly and just. Right. I, I don't I don't think there was any one agreement on, on what they should look like. No. No. Instead you and had I, a I pot boiler something. of uh cat people effects. <laughs> yeah. A pot boiler cat people. I read something interesting and um they said that there was a better a better look to these cat people in their like true form, right? Mm -hmm. But they couldn't get it to work exactly the way that they wanted to so they had to settle on kind of like a much more like simplified design but then like the real version made its way into the tommy knockers television show okay so i'm i'm curious i want to kind of not watch that series again but go back and like see the monsters that were in that movie like what so, what the aliens look like or what yeah, the cat people yeah. should have looked like yeah well to the to the internet to the Googles, I'm sure it's out there. Internet we go. Oh man, I just this this whole last scene just feels so anticlimactic. And not that I needed something to go out on a bang with, but it just kind of sucks, you know. There's not anything special. It's like they're tr the mom's just desperately trying to get the son back alive, and then he, the he's just sleeping. Can you tell? Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> he's dead. Oh my god, yeah. And then it's like the cats come in and they're starting to jump on them and like scratch them. And then the scratches catch on fire. <laughs> Talk about an allergy, man. I don't know. Like if that, if I had an allergy like that, or if I got scratched by a cat and my skin caught on fire, if I saw a cat from any distance away, they'd be dead. <laughs> they'd be dead. Not just setting up some bear traps here and there, hoping that the cats won't enter my house. They'd be like, no, if I see you, you're toast. Well, yeah, it was, it was small game traps. Fire. They weren't full-size bear traps. Yeah. It it was just enough for a guy to somehow... I don't think that could have even closed on that guy's foot. I mean, barely, if... No, no. It, it was for, no, I, It's like skunk-sized animals. I mean, it was appropriate for cats, but yeah, I don't know absurd i do like that i do like that that bear trap or cat trap whatever gets thrown at the back of her head and it latches on yeah yeah that was cool that was cool and and then to close use. to close the whole thing out on fire tanya's almost gotten away yeah w one last scare where she falls on the windshield on you, you killed my only son yeah dies Dies. Now I was watching this through a, a blurry, very, very blurry form of video. Did that look better than it did? Because like I couldn't tell if if it looked good for like computer animation at the time, or if her burning engulfed in flames when she was on the hood of the car actually didn't look good. That... Oh no, I um. Oh, the truth of it is, I said that this was on HBO and went. <laughs> When I went to see it last night, it was not on HBO Max anymore. It was not nothing. Did you have that problem? Yeah. You rented it too? Sure. 
Okay, we're going to go with that. All right. I rented it on Amazon. You may have rented it, just not on Amazon. Totally, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I. It was not blurry. It was actually, it was probably the Shop Factory edition. It looked pretty good. Okay. But that fire, I think it would have looked better if it was on VHS or DVD. But since there's extra clarity and like a more upscaled recent scan of it, mm-hmm. it really just looks like pieces of fire were superimposed on her face right so it doesn't it doesn't it is a it seems like it's just the fire is above an image not in the image does Mm -hmm. that make sense yeah that's the only way i can describe it yeah no i got you the high definition did not treat that fire very well okay it did not look good because it it treated it better on the method that i used that that's why i couldn't tell (laughs) but no i think i think you're absolutely right where it's yeah, probably looked amazing on VHS. Right. You're like, whoa, that's crazy. I Dang felt it. I really like, bad mm. for the the actress that played Tanya, whose name I we keep I kept butchering. Uh, Twin Peaks. I I, I mm-hmm. like her uh, as a actress. I liked her on Twin Peaks, and you know she plays victim well. Um, and I I just feel like I wish there was a little bit more relief for her in this movie because I feel like making this movie must have been very torturous because aside from having a little bit of fun right in the beginning it's like screaming and getting thrown around and getting her hair pulled and everything it's like god like that poor that poor woman yeah there, yeah there's I think like if in reality if this situation happened this would be probably the most terrifying experience that anyone's ever faced in the United States you know it would be fucking scary just like yeah i'm just a movie clerk i'm just cleaning up popcorn on the fucking floor dancing and vacuuming because no one's looking and yeah yeah. and then i got murderous cat carefree teenager and that's kind of the weird thing too is at a certain point she really stops being a character and and she's just kind of a prop as as we as we move past the attack scene and then the other characters and the cops take it over and I mean, she's a main driving force, but at the same time, she's just kind of there for the other characters to... Yeah. Did you also feel it was weird that a lot of the story is told through the antagonist's eyes? Like, we're we're following this family along for quite a bit before it finally shifts over to Tanya. I mean, you're, you're watching for about a half hour, and you're seeing it kind of from the perspective of these murderers, mm-hmm. these evil things, these creatures, you know, yeah. and then it shifts after that teacher gets his hand ripped off, you know? Mm-hmm. So, well, you're introduced to her. Right. And, and that's kind of after the, the time jump there. And then the ridiculous, uh, Ripley's believe it or not made for television opening credits, sleepwalkers, claws, fire, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're introduced to her and you think she's going to be the main character, but then you kind of go back and think, I mean, I've never seen this before. So my impression is they're just setting up whatever romance this is. And um, then, then no, they just go full monster. Yeah, full monster. What are your thoughts about it? Because uh, I have a little nostalgia for it, even though I feel like this movie is just D-U-M, like so many other movies that have been on this podcast, you know, where it's mm-hmm. just like, this is... But what were your thoughts? 
I mean, I'll probably never watch it again. No. <laughs> no. I I just I don't know. It's not something that I had such a hard time watching. Where it you know, it's not like the worst movie I've ever seen, but it doesn't like I I can't appreciate on it on its uh I can't appreciate it on its a it's so bad I enjoy it sort of level. And I don't know if that comes from not having nostalgia for it or what, but it, it just doesn't tickle those particular chords for me. No, I've heard the, it doesn't for me either. And I've heard that like people will qualify this movie as being so bad it's good. And like you should watch it with a group of people. Yeah, I, I can see that and, and you know, enjoying Maybe it. Maybe you would get get more out of it but it doesn't have like at the same time there's plenty of ridiculous things but i don't know if it has like the funny ridiculous things i don't know i did enjoy revisiting it and talking about it though. yeah and it, i mean it's yeah. not like it's incompetently made either it, it's just the story's very loosely strung together and nothing feels like it has any weight it's got pacing issues Mm-hmm. you know you don't you know you, you're brought into it to follow a lead character and then they switch into it because it sympathizes with the monster over that i don't know it's it, a lot is very just kind of plays fast and loose and i think if you don't stop to think about any of it you might have a a better time with it but if you're noticing these things it's because you're not engaged by what's happening in the what's movie happening so mm-hmm. I, I guess i just wasn't no engaged this is by a, it. Uh, but i wouldn't take anything okay. away from people that do enjoy it yeah. No, this is a, a perfect movie for like an, a, a 10 to 13 year old mind. That's I think it is because uh, uh, I it's not an insult. It I feels kind of kid. like young adult. I, I don't know why, mm-hmm. but maybe it's just because they spend so much time focusing on the young romance because the big bomb parent comes into it and asserts their authority and they're the monster. <laughs> and, you know, I, I feel like that's yeah. something that would be in like kind of a young adult horror movie but you can't mm-hmm. put it into this camp because they use the the f word literally um there's not shy about the blood or the violence that happens so you know th- this isn't a monster squad that you could show your niece and no. nephew this isn't like a piece of gateway horror it's like no, you would definitely have to gauge where your kids are at yeah you know meant like on their like mental capacity to be like, could they, would they be okay with this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like a you know? teenager. Yeah. Um, one more thing I want to say, I, I want to know if you notice this too. Do you think that they purposely casted people with feline features? Because the son definitely his face reminds me of a cat. And so does the mother. Like they have different, like slightly weird, facial structure and it's like they they kind of look like cats just want to know if you thought the same thing i really was not picking up on any of that okay which isn't to say it's not there i just was not right looking at that you know but you look at things for shapes and i'm looking more for like you know composition of frame and quality of lighting sure you know oh her you know this lens complements tanya's face nicely because Mm -hmm. you know I have this theory in photography that there's a perfect lens for every person's face because the lenses have a natural flex to them and people's faces have a natural shape to them. And sometimes you just have like, oh, that's a really unflattering photograph. Even when it's not badly lit, it's just 
kind of the lens that's on there kind of bending yeah. your shape your face into a shape that it wasn't meant to oh i've noticed that a bunch on uh cell phone cameras for me personally when i try to take a selfie there's i'll get a weird angle and it looks like i've put on like 60 pounds and i'm still <laughs> like well, well why do i look like that i'm pretty slender like not skinny or yeah. emaciated but like definitely don't look like that in reality you know because it's like the the chin just looks like it's yeah well there's a lot know. of cheats to that too and you can usually tell someone's trying to hide something because like they'll do the selfie but it'll be like so up high where it kind of yeah, like makes them look thin yeah. well and it just makes them look impossibly thin too and it's just mm -hmm. like well you know that's obviously a it doesn't even have to be doctored it's like you're just trying to fool people but i digress well sleepwalkers the weirdest damn movie about cat people i've ever seen you know i can't disagree with any of that <laughs> i hope uh wait do you have anything you want to add about this movie no okay everyone thanks for listening as always give us a like and a follow on our social media pages you can find us at post credits podcast on instagram and facebook also give us that five-star review like i've said before no threats cat this people time. will come after you yeah cat people will scratch you and then you'll burst into up. flames yeah <laughs> oh wow we'll oh, see you next week excellent. yeah <laughs> adios Beware the cat people. If you see a bunch of cats, there's shapeshifters around. I mean, that's that's your sign <laughs> right there. 